Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Online Darts Live Lounge with me, Phil Bars, and of course, joined by Jonathan and Jack Gobby Garwood. Gentlemen, good evening, and have we just about got our breath back? Well, you two might have. I didn't really do a lot this weekend, but you smashed out of the park nonetheless, so thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) At least you take it too far, though. Uh, Do you know what? We'll we'll come on to this around the Women's Series in a bit, uh, PV, but we've got a big shout-out to give to our friend, Mr. Garwood Adviri. I don't like giving him credit. However, we we will come on to that, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, what a week. What a ridiculous week it's been. Uh, we were, we weren't here last week purely and simply because we literally couldn't get the time in. Uh, Barzi decided he'd want to go down to the Premier League for us. What a shame. Uh, and then now we're back here again, ladies and gentlemen. It is a great pleasure to be with you, as always. Uh, get the comments in. I'm sure PB will get onto this as well. But get the comments in. Uh, it's going to be a fun old show, this. Uh, how the hell, though, Phil, we are going to squeeze in what we have to talk about over the next hour and a half, I've got no idea. Yeah, we'll, look, we'll give it a we'll give it a damn good go. Like we always say. We turn Jar's mic mic off and we'll absolutely cruise through. We're doing what else a service while we're acting at all. You just get to look at his facial reactions. <laughs> I'm going to give you, I'm gonna give you a uh, shout out as well at the end of this at the end of this podcast Gob or this video Gob but now Sodger no uh, <laughs> um, yeah like, like we say it was um, a, a great effort trying to cover the Premier League the Euro Tour and the ladies series and Grand Slam qualifier was tough but we did it guys and it was well worth it um, a few people already in the chat room as always good evening how are we all Friends of the show in there, of course, Lendl, Patrick, Rachel's in. Um, good evening as well. Martin, Dan, Corey, we're all in. Sorry if I've missed anyone, just scrolling through. Of course, if you are watching us live, get your comments in. At Let's chat in the chat room. We'll try and answer them as we go if they're relevant to the topics we're on. If not, of course, there is the session at the end where we will try and answer 
as many questions as we can. And of course, we won't hide in anything. We will try and answer absolutely everything we physically can, gentlemen, including things like Barney Agob. Again? <laughs> haven't, haven't you heard me rant about him enough yet? He's your favourite player, isn't he? Don't, right, make me swear. Well, guys, don't, don't make us guys. put the explicit word content on YouTube. <laughs> Uh, guys, in the comments below, the guys have hammered me because I've Halloweened it up tonight because I'm a huge fan of Halloween, but they're not. They're um, bar humbugs in Halloween terms. Because so your hair's the same colour as a pumpkin. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey! <laughs> God, on it tonight. You're <laughs> for the app. I don't know whether it's something to do with what happened to Virgil van Dijk at the weekend, but, you know, I love it. There's no need for that. There's no need for that. <laughs> oh, there is. One hundred percent, there is. Hundred uh, percent. Uh, oh, D- Duffy's in the house as well. Good evening, Duff. All right, lad. Um, sorry. Yeah, he's he's in the chat room. Good evening. Um, rock and roll Hero. from Mark. Yes, it's what we do. Gary Price. We're coming on to him in Agob. We're, we're talking all about our main man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Golf's had a golf's had a re- golf's had a really good week, everybody. This is this is quite amazing to see, to be honest. Uh, right, so we shall crack on with the show and we'll answer questions as we go. As always, only one place to start. It seems a long, long time ago now. However, this man added another major title. To his collection by winning the ball. No, he added his first major title to his collection. I'm with him there, actually. I'm with him there. I'm with him. <laughs> well, in the, in the words of no context, sir, no, 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 no. We do this no. every week, Philip, and one week when we get a week <laughs> off, we're going to sit and have the debate for the full 90 minutes about what is a PDC darting oh, major. We saw like kicks off but the, 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 the minute. I went one better this is not, went to this is... and sent it out of there. But everyone, maybe next, no, because of the Euros, but one week we are going to do a full show on what is the definitive, and we're going to get all the listeners involved, what is the list of ranking events and majors and where they sit. However, this man won another one. Um, let, let's be fair, in, in the final it was, <laughs> it was quite conclusive in the end. He beat Dirk van Dijvenboda and the best man across the week one. I think we can all agree on that. Um, yeah, I, I thought he, he played very, very well. There's no doubt about that. I thought that he came through uh, three reasonably easy games, it must be said. Um, his first round game against Jermaine Watamina, he, he, he produced enough. Uh, Jeff, uh, his second round game against Kim, I, I thought, I've always said that I don't think Kim is as good as he once was and won't ever be at that level again. Uh, Jeffrey Deswan, a decent performance again, but Deswan dipped from where he had been the previous night. The classic in the semi-final against Dave Chisnell. Chizzy decided that he wanted to try and be Lazarus again. And surprise, surprise, Mrs. Matt Darts in a crucial moment. Who would believe, who believe that? Um, and he came through a finalist in Dirk van Dijvenbodegob, who had one of the toughest runs to a maiden PDC final <laughs> that I've ever seen. 
It's quite quite a contrast between the two, wasn't there? <laughs> go on. Let's go fishing. Let's go fishing on this one, Gob. Come on. No, that, that's all I need to say. There was a there was a a contrast between the runs that both finalists found themselves on to be in that position. <laughs> However, with this victory, Gob, this man in picture right here is now above your boy. He is officially the world number two. Above all my boys. How does that, how does that make you feel? No, you, you you know which boy we're talking about. <laughs> I think Gob's in there. It's gone again, everyone. He's ignoring us deliberately now. <laughs> no, it's genuinely playing up at this moment. Like, it couldn't be timed any better. Like, I've heard a word Jar said, which is really a lot. But um, let me try and you know, switch I, to Hotspot. <laughs> well, I'll um, tell, we'll tell you what. Then. But, I'll jump in there while while while, while Gob's coming in uh, and, and sorting out his internet. I've got to say this, by the way, listener and viewer, he is actually going to be moving to a house with a decent internet at some stage. We hope. Uh, he's told us earlier on in the week. But Phil, there's no doubt about this. In my opinion, he is the best player on Planet Darts at the moment. I appreciate what happened at uh, the weekend in the Euro Tour, which we will talk about. Absolutely, no doubt. I'm sure. But there was nobody... The thing is, as well, nobody laid a glut on him, apart from Chisnell. Nobody laid a glut on no, him. I'm and, I, and, I'm, and I know we talked about and I know we talked about this on the podcast last week um, that we had. By the way, if you haven't listened to it, it's, it's just a podcast exclusive because we weren't here the week of the, of the, of the Grand Prix. Um, apart from... But we, we, we weren't ever convinced that Chizzy was ever going to not miss those match starts. And that was the crucial thing. And, you know, I'm with Gob for once, saying that he uh, he has what his maiden PDC major title. But Where's the mute button? The first of many. Well, I'm sorry, the Grand <laughs> Slam cannot be a major because it wasn't ranked to start with. You know my thoughts on this. But it must be said that, that nobody can touch him at the moment in time. And also, the man must love Boyle Sport. Because he's won the Boyle Sports Grand Slam two years running, and now he's won the uh, the Boyle Sports World Grand Prix. He just loves he just loves Boyle. As long as, I don't, as long as I don't sponsor the World Championships, we're fine. We work with Boyle. We work with Boyle for the week, and I fully appreciate everything they did with us. But don't you can dare. <laughs> However, Gob, there must be a real panic in you that this man now is arguably the favourite to lift the Sid Wardell Trophy right now. Wow. Come January the 1st. Wow. There's still eight weeks away, Philip. There's still plenty of darts to be thrown before then. Yeah, not yet. Not for me. He's also not the (laughs) favourite. Can we just appreciate the fact that. Can we also. His his London record is. Apart from last. He's poor. Exactly. I was going to say that. Apart from last year, where he made the semi-final, he hasn't really done that well at the Worlds. He's like a, he, he's, he's a record is very similar to another player that God loves, James Wade. I'm just going to hold you both there. Until this year, his record at the World Grand Prix was also horrendous. No further questions, John. Now let's move on. Hey, you know right. me. I'm, so I'm, was I'm Peter Wright to the final? I'm, to be I'm, fair, but you know, <laughs> from. I'd love this. You know this. From there, we had a couple of days break, so, but then 
it was the Premier League finals night. Now, it's not a spoiler alert because everyone knows that Glenn Durant has won a PDC title on TV. And wow, guys, we'll start with the two semi-finals first. Let's be fair, he dodged a huge bullet in the semi-finals. Gary pressed the self-destruct button. I think it's fair to say, guys. Why on earth, and yeah. I'm sorry to jump in there really quickly, why on earth is he not going one double twelve on that 25 shot? Why is he not doing that? He literally won a world title this way, Gob. He won a world title this way. I can't, I don't understand. No good ranting at me, mate. I was screaming the same at the telly while I was watching it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I, I think if we, if we linger on that for Gary for too long, then we're going to take some of the shine off it for Dozer. I think... Oh, yeah, no, I agree. Don't, don't get finals wrong. Finals night. Agree. Pre-finals night, we all said a lot. I think all three of us backed Gary, did we not? Because we weren't sure which Gary was going to turn up because he's got this ability to just switch it on. And Dozer was clearly quite edgy in the semi-final. Um, but I think that's because of his record in PDC semi-finals. Once he got over that line, you could see the re- it was like he had me on his shoulders. It was genuinely carrying that much weight on himself because of <laughs> the potential of the achievement. Once he relaxed and opened up in that final, he was unbelievable. And he fully deserved it. He deserved to win the league phase because he was outstanding. He, he switched off a little bit towards the back end. Maybe this break helped him. Maybe he would have done. Maybe he would have put that performance in the following night. Who knows? Or the following week. But he's been exceptional, and the way that he went on to win it was was superb. And we wrote him off a little bit eight weeks ago. I started calling him the best player in the world. That sort of dropped off a bit. But he's still an outstanding dart player. Yeah, the other semi-final. Yeah, go on, sorry, go on, go on, Piggy. We'll, we'll do the other semi-final before we come on to the final. Uh, Nathan Aspinall beating Peter Wright. And to be fair, he's done a job on Peter Wright in that semi-final, I thought. Was the most comfortable performance I've seen Nathan yeah. Aspinall in the Premier League, to be brutally honest. Most comfortable yeah, I, I, I just thought he did a right year. number on him. Yeah, yeah 100%. No way of putting it... I, but, but I'm going to jump in very quickly here, okay? I know I appreciate Peter Wright's not on playing much about the European Tour at the moment, World Cup absolutely understandable and that's fine my biggest problem is this Phil he's once again changing darts and he's once again talking before he goes up on the dartboard calling himself the favourite calling himself this calling himself that you're only setting yourself up for a bigger fall you're a world champion and a deserved world champion on the night and a deserved world championship for the way to the tournament that one fought against Malik then we all know about it to save his snaky skin as Rod Stud said on the time but do not talk unless you win events you are not Michael Van Gerwen you are not that Gary Anderson you are not a a, a multiple winner of big titles you have won the world championship in the UK Open right you are not you have not won many big titles because you have because you have bottled a lot of finals don't talk like you have won major titles and look what we're doing about it Dan's just said in the comments, agreed that he was chirping off beforehand. And you could see with a little bit of media we got to do the day before, Nathan Aspinall was pissed with that comment. Yeah. And it All Nathan referred to in his post-match right. interview was Peter's antics before. He literally didn't mention the game once. He went straight to Sky and he was like, Peter said this pre-match. We're then in the practice room. He's barely throwing and he's looking to go, these are our championship darts. I know I should throw them. 
The fact that Nathan spent yeah. all of his press talking about what Peter was doing just riled him up. You don't give somebody like Nathan that opportunity or, or, or that incentive. I don't care who you are in the world. You don't give somebody a bigger incentive to come out and take you out. 100%. But then into the final we went. And for the first, I think it was 13, 14 legs all on throw. 13. Huge cooners from them both. They both carved out little opportunities. One dart at the end of the combination missed. The other guy took out. It was real, just really good darts. But one moment I go back to... Glenn had just broke. He was too clear, throwing to go three clear. And Nathan had put in a tremendous leg. And then Glenn takes out, was it 121 or 127? 127 in game. 27 in game. I knew it was one or the other. And that bullseye couldn't have been. It was just unbelievable. And his finishing in the final was back to what we expect. That set up from 200. And his finishing ban was just obscenely good, gentlemen. Well, you look at this, right? Okay. Yeah. So, so Nathan Aspel in that leg, Nathan Aspel in that leg, missed double 12 to get a break back. Well, to get a break back, that he would have been back on throw, would have been 8 7. Right. Sorry, it does the thing goes and pings, like you say, 127 in game on the double eight. It was treble 20, treble 17, double eight. And the double eight was perfect, as you say, Phil, right? So. Yeah. At that moment, that was the moment when Gob his heart broke, Nathan Aspinall. And it was brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, you like, can see Nathan. There are some players who show absolutely no emotion. Yeah. There are some players who show absolutely no emotion. Nathan wears every single emotion of every single moment on his sleeve, and you can see it on him. And that did deflate him. You could just see by the way he reacted. But that's why we like people like Gezi and Nathan, because we can see <laughs> what's going on on that stage through their minds. And, and and even, we got some emotion from Glenn on the stage as well when he took out a couple of those big finishes. We got some raw emotion from him. And look, he said afterwards, this was the greatest moment in his starting career. And you could see that, how much it meant to him. And we said it in the build-up that perhaps if he didn't go on and win this, he'd never get a better opportunity to win a TV tele- to win a PDC TV title. Well, I, I, I'm going to try and we, I'm going to try if I can to try and get to try and say I sort of called this and I sort of didn't because on the podcast I listened back to I listened back to the podcast last week and I said that if Dozer wins that first semi final I think he wins it but I don't think he will so I then basically so basically I'm going to say that I call I, I've put my half houses on there but I said Nathan and then Glenn so basically my bets were covered on this one I, I basically pretty much get Gary the spread but. Are you going back to primary school? Miss, can I have half a point? Yeah, absolutely right. I'm taking this thing at this point. With the state of my my guesses at the moment in time. Uh, But I must must say this, that I just thought when he he, he actually took out, when he took out the winning game shot, when he took out double 16, his beloved double 16 to win it, the emotion on his face, excuse me, the emotion on his face. I've never seen a dark player that emotional about winning about winning a, a tournament because I think he I think you're right Phil I think that he knew that if he didn't win this tonight he wouldn't have got a better chance he wouldn't he, I didn't think he'd get a better chance of winning a television title than the match play last year uh, this year when he was playing Demi in the semi-final and then had Gary Anderson or Michael Smith in the final 
but he came out and he I won sort of agree. the TV title. I sort of agree, but for differently. Because he was leading in that semi-final and then Gary turned it around so much, that was the moment that changed it for me. If he'd lost that semi-final from a winning position, I don't think he would have got over the line in a PDC event because it would have been another semi-final and that would have been the stumbling block. The minute he got over that, the weight was off his shoulders, he could have gone on to make another three, four, five finals without winning them and then that becomes the issue. But that semi-final was more important than the final for me. Yes, all right, he's, he's won a title, he's won the prize money, he's done that. But that semi-final was massive for the PDC career of Glenn Doran. I, I agree wholeheartedly with Gobbier. And I now think because he's won, one, he's won a semi-final, he's got over that hurdle. And two, he's actually won a title. I think this man is an absolute huge danger for the back end of 2020. Because we've seen what oh, he did in the BDO. Enjoy. Once he got over... Yeah, but he's, in fact, yeah, he's got over the line. That's those, I think those semi-finals were in the back of his head. And we saw what happened in the BDO. When he went on on that first lakeside against Dane Oppert, the rest is history. Well, you, you look at... Well, look at... Okay, well, here's, here's, here's something for you, right? At the current moment in time, I appreciate it's all tight and tense and very, very tight at the moment in time. But at this moment, he's currently number 10 seed for the Worlds, Okay. That's how it. That's how it looks. Okay, so he, he wouldn't have to play Marco Van Gogh potentially until the final on that side of the draw. That's the first thing. I appreciate he's got to play going. He's got by Peter Wright or Gerwin Price, but that's another issue entirely. You look at the race for the tour cards as well. Okay, uh, next year he, he's currently world number seven. He's in the Premier League again next year. Obviously, there's no way then leaving out the defending champ for a kickoff. And. He, he, he's, of course, he's a danger. He's, he's won multiple titles. Like he, he, just because it's his first PDC TV one, I appreciate the difference in quality. But he's won multiple titles. He's a three-time back-to-back world champ. Like he's gonna, he's obviously gonna, he's obviously gonna be a danger. And I, 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 I said before, this is back in August when I was sort of ish on the golf hype train, sort of wasn't. That I thought that it does there at fourteen to one. That's probably gonna, what you're gonna get as the best odds for the world. I imagine his odds are coming significantly since then. I like 14 to ones. Mm. Not bad at all, I say. Um, right. From the Premier League, I am going to call this right now the moment of the weekend. We are going to Barnsley to the Women's Series. <laughs> For me, this is my highlight of the darting weekend. Friday, Saturday and Sunday... Granted, I was covering the Euro Tour on the live blog. However, the stream for the ladies' tour was always on, and I enjoyed every single minute of it, gents. Do, do we agree that... Look, I know Barry's always said it's it's one tour, but the, surely the demand right now is too big to ignore around ladies' darts not to do something in 2021. I do... But then if, I don't get why the main tour becomes an open tour and then there's a ladies tour. It would be a men's tour and a ladies tour. That That's where I don't get why, again, it goes to how many opportunities do you give certain people the same way that I don't believe that if you hold a tour card, you should be eligible for the development tour. You're already developed. Like there's different crossovers, but I think you should be not channeled into one thing as such, but 
the ladies would could end up with four or five different ways of qualifying for the world championships as opposed to a tour card holder who literally can come through the order of merit. Do you know what I mean? So there has to be some sort of either separation of men's or women's darts to have separate ladies' events or it needs to be built up a bit more first. I think that's Don't get wrong, the buzz around it is massive. Uh, that's where I'm with you, Gob. I think it needs to be built up. I think that, and I said this when the Women's Series was first brought out, I think that you've probably got about five, ten years worth of ladies' events like this in order to try and continue to get the standard up so they can then play at at Q School. They can then go and try and earn their tour card and play with Lisa Ashton on the main 128. You see what the Challenge Tour does. You see how the Dev Tour works. There are other qualifiers that you get, obviously, for the moment um, throughout the year to try and get to the World Championships internationally. We all know this, you know, the American North American Darts Championship for a kickoff, DPA events in Australia, New Zealand, et cetera, et cetera. My argument with this is that for now, in order to try and have a more competitive ladies series, you need to have these events. You need to have six to ten events maybe next year on the weekends in Barnsley to get this standard up there. Because we saw the standard from Fallon Sherrick, obviously, throwing in 95. I think she hit, was it six of the 10 highest averages this weekend? Or seven? Yeah. Which is just mental. I think it was six, six or seven, um, yeah. Yeah, six or seven, right? So, that, so, in order to try and get people up to that standard, I'm throwing 95s, which is a decent standard, to be fair. Like, let's not take the piss here. 95, throwing 95 is a decent standard. Appreciate seven legs, nine legs, or whatever. But it's a decent standard of darts you throw in. In order to get more players up to that standard, you're going to have to give the ladies the opportunity to play against the ladies to get to get that developing stage. They can keep playing the top players and they can keep playing, learning, et cetera, et cetera. Particularly now, I appreciate Mads around and I appreciate that we are our great friends up over at Mad Darts and Amateur Darts, but the BDO's no more. There's no way they're going to be able to try and play there. So I don't think there's going to be a, say, a Women's World Championship like there was back in the back in 2010. No. But I do think you, you, you're going to get a... You're going to definitely see... Players in the there's I think there's 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 going to have to be a women's series. You're just going to have to play it. The buzz, like you say, the buzz on social is ridiculous. And I'm not against having a women's thing, but I think it would have to be more of an associated tour rather than a a PDC tag along thing. Like you know, you've got like the Nordic and Baltic and the Asian and that sort of thing. If there was a women's yes. version of that, yeah. where the top player would then qualify and you get one into that, that would be absolutely fine with me. But you can't play that and the Pro Tour, and that's the issue. That's no, why they have to that. decide which one they want to play in. So Look, you're saying say, just think an associated an associated ladies tour would be fantastic for the game. I'm with that. I think it's a good idea. Yeah, and I, and I agree with what you said. Look at the, the top. It's no, it's no fluke that the top four in the order of merit all play on the challenge tour. That's not a fluke. That's because they play. And one of them play at that level. And one of them play. And one of them is a tour card holder as well. Yeah, that that's that, that that's not a fluke. But you look at the standard below them. Eileen DeGraff again played some good stuff. She just needs more competitive. You think none of these have played competitive darts all year, really? Because of everything that's that's, that's gone on, um, Lorraine Win Stanley again. She's won a BDO major in the ladies. And just needs more opportunities. Yeah, and the the one that the jack in the box that people that study 
the BDO knew she was good, but was Felicia, fan's twin sister, how consistent was she over the very good the, the time? Considering that considering that she hasn't put a lot into darts recently, really impressed by her. But like you say, just the whole buzz around the ladies' game over the weekend was just something for me that cannot be ignored. Also, very, very quickly, it must completely be said, agree. and I hate to do this, I hate to do this because I don't like giving him credit, but, 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 our friend here, Mr. Jack Garwood, I have to give you massive credit, my friend. I don't like doing it because I because normally I love telling you you're wrong, but you beat everybody to this. You beat everybody on socials at the weekend to Hedman, uh, to Detta getting her, getting her place at the World Championships. You called it. We just tweeted it before Chris Murphy had announced it on the stream as well. By the way, can I just say, Chris Murphy and Colin Lloyd, absolutely mint. Absolutely mint commentary mm-hmm. duo over the weekend. They were absolutely brilliant. But just before Chris uh, announced it on the stream, we tweeted it out. You got a fair amount of stick, it must be said. You got a fair <laughs> amount of stick initially. Um, but Mate, I was panicking realized... so bad. I know you were. I could tell Honestly. you were, but well done. <laughs> well, well, Honestly, before you, we, you absolutely caught it. Before we tweeted that out, guys, you want to see the number of times this went back and forth in our WhatsApp chat before we had the balls to put it out. We were like, we're right, oh, we're right. Nice. Are we? Have we missed something? Because we were saying, because the PDC were actually tweeting that Fallon was in pole position. And we're like, what the f- hell have we missed here? Because by our yeah, accounts, absolutely. it's... In our heads, we're thinking, what have we missed? Um, but I, I, I have to say, my numbers, the whole my numbers were wrong at one point as well. My numbers were wrong. I was yeah, chatting I, to my group chat with my friends as well, and my numbers are wrong because I'd added a Fallon 128 match in so she could still qualify the first time I did it and had to go back and check it. I panicked yeah, so bad. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but we'll start, we'll start well, on well Friday. Obviously, Lisa winning the grandstand qualifier. So she will be going to, I was going to say Wolverhampton then, but she'll be going to Coventry, not far away, let's be fair. Um, say, to play the same thing. Yeah, so to play in, in the grandstand of, of darts. And it, it was great. She played some, I think she played her best stuff on the Friday, if I'm being honest. Yeah, she, she was outstanding on the Friday. There's no doubt about that. I think she dropped, it was, yeah. it was about what, two legs all day? I think it was. Yeah, I think um, I think on the Friday was her best by a mile. Half. Well, actually, do you know what? No, I, I'm going to disagree there. I think the first event on the Saturday, I thought she was absolutely outstanding. Um, but I'm going to just looking at her, her run to the to the to the final now because um, because I, I've still got it up from when I was doing the <laughs> when I was doing the report. Um, <laughs> she dropped. She dropped six legs all day in that Grand Slam Darts qualifier before beating Corin Hammond in the final. Yeah. Uh, she was absolutely outstanding. There's no doubt about that. And she beat Hedman 5-2. She, she, them two would beat quite a lot over the weekend. But no, I agree with you. I thought Lisa played some outstanding stuff on the Friday, deserved to get to the qualifier and did so. But I'm going to disagree and say that Saturday, the event one, was outstanding. Yeah, look, definitely. She, she topped the order of merit. So it was, a, it was a good weekend. She's going to the Grand Slam. She's going to the Worlds as well. There's a few conundrums to play out yet, as in her world. Does she go through this or she can still qualify through the outright order of merit? So there's still conundrums that I'm not sure the PDC have maybe thought of just yet. 
Um, and, and what's going to go on? Well, here's a question for you. Well, here's a question for you then. Okay. So I've just obviously, we've obviously, by the way, viewers and listeners, what we do is we always look at the stats as we try and do this, but try to give you some insight into how it all works. And what we found out is at least Rashton currently is two and a half grand away from the World Championships uh, on, on the Pro Tour order of merit. Now, we don't know. We've asked the PDC for clarification on this. We don't know whether Lisa uh, Grand Slam money that she's going to get counts towards her ranking. Because obviously, if it does, then it counts towards her world push. And therefore, then she should more than likely get into the World Championships through the order of merit. The big question comes here. If she does qualify through the order of merit, will they give the spot that she's going to give, she's going to get to another order of merit person? Or will a certain Fallon Sherrick still be going to the Palace after all? That's the big question. Uh, right. I don't know. But judging off, I asked Dave Allen, who is absolutely brilliant, at the Premier League... Um, because there was a similar case for Keane Barry, because he could have overtaken David Evans at the top of the Challenge Tour Order of Merit on that final day if he'd have won it. Now, I, Which I asked, was the weekend right, after he qualified he, by the Dev Tour. Development Tour. Uh, so I asked yeah. what the protocol was, and for that, it was the Challenge Tour place he'd have taken... And then his dev tour place would have gone down to the next one because the challenge tour is higher in the pyramid than the dev tour. So I'm not saying this is gospel, but judged on that, for me, if Lisa were to win a place at the world's outright, I think the pro tour place takes it. Look, I'm just going off what was sold for the other ones. But yeah. I, I would suggest that if Probably. Lisa wins outright, then she takes that place and the next one in line would be Fallon Cherry. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a precedent, isn't it? They've, they've set that precedent with a different, similar scenario, but through a different part of the, the calendar or tier, if you like, and this is similar. The Pro Tour ultimately takes precedent over everything. That's the first one listed on, yeah. on your qualifying criteria, and then they go further and further down. So, the women's qualifiers are added at the bottom, isn't it? It's like you've got your top 32, your pro tour players, and, and yeah. they're the order of importance. Yeah, 100%. Remember, so, yeah, all, all is, all is really, not lost really quickly, for Palin fans. Really, as well, very, very quickly. Remember, she's also on £6,000 as well at the moment in time in the race for the Players' Championship finals. Remember, if she gets to the top 64 there, she will be guaranteed first round money at the Players' Championship finals. There's only grand off there at the moment in time. So if she has another decent run at the Winter Series, she could still get into the top 64 there in the Players' Championships and then qualify for the Worlds just by basically off being in the first round in that. Yeah, it, it, exactly that. Um, woman there in shot, Dita Hedman taking the second place on the Order of Merit. And she was sensational all weekend as well. And I think before we come on to her here, I think her run at the Challenge Tour the week before did her the absolute world of good confidence-wise heading into the Lady Series. Totally agree. She was, for Completely. me, and I know Lisa won two events, but for me, Detta uh, was the most consistent player all weekend long. Uh, I think there was she was the only player, if my memory serves me correctly, to qualify for a semi-final, apart from, uh, well, she, she obviously lost in the quarterfinals in the, third, in, in the fourth event, but she qualified for three or four semi-finals. She won an event. She went to a final. She was mint all weekend. and. 
Fallon will be gutted about the fact that that, that 5-1 defeat in the semi-final because that's ultimately what cost her. Simple and as plain as that. Um, well, but Detta Hedman, Dita Hedman was brilliant. And there's no doubt about this. She deserved a spot. And I'm glad that she's going. You know, I, I think I speak for a lot of people in darts when I say there is not many more people that deserves a spot at the World Championships. She has done so much for video darts. She's done so much for ladies darts. She deserves a spot. And I'm very, very glad that she's going to get a chance to play on the biggest stage of the lot. I tell you what could have got messy, though, on that final day. If Fallon had won the final 6-0, they were tied on legs one. Leg difference, though, wouldn't it? Leg difference. They yeah, well, like, I get uh, it. I'm, I'm, not sure how, I'm not sure how the leg difference was then, to be fair. But it was an absolute conundrum that I don't think anyone foresaw it was going to be that close. Um, but, like yeah. we say, Dita will be going... To the Palace. We'll say the Palace because that's where we think it will be. It's, it's still there at the moment. Um, but just a huge, huge success. And like we said, the, the, the buzz, the traffic all around the Ladies Series. Please, please, please. This has to be now continued and built on because it's just too big to ignore, I think. Cannot argue with you, Mr. Bars. Completely agree. No. Look, yeah. everything, everything on social media, this outshone the Euro Tour. And that doesn't happen very often because we know the Euro Tour is the greatest sports tour in history. Plus as well, can we just say that they, they were in probably the most... Well, plus as well, they are in the most iconic venue of the lot on the Euro Tour. They're in the Glass Blast, the place where a Euro yeah. Tour's happened for the last seven years. They're in the most iconic series of the lot. Simply as that. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, but just going to, before we move on, is there any YouTube questions about the ladies series? It's your final chance to get them in. Um, Rachel, Dita, so happy. So uh, Rachel, so happy for Dita. Love the women's series. Yeah, it, it was absolutely mint. Um, well, let's just go through. Um, it's ironic the Queen of the Palace isn't going to the Palace now. It's what a shame. It is, however, hold that thought. I don't think it's done and dusted. Don't think it's quite set in stone yet. I think that's the yeah, a, a best way to put it. Let's be honest about let's be honest about this now. If there is a way to get Fallon Sheriff into the World Championships, Barry will find a way. I don't wish to be like that. Yeah, look, let's let, let's call it for what it is. No, no, <laughs> no, no. I think if if it, if it, if that happens, it has to be done right. Is the thing. It can't just be. No, I agree completely. No, um, I, but I, I agree with you. She can't just be chucked in. But I don't know. Is, is that, a couple of years ago, they gave a place for the highest-ranked Max Hop. Well, <laughs> 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 <Also, laughs> you're <they> not. Genuinely, <laughs> no, uh, genuinely though. Like, I'm not being funny. Christopher Tyski's playing well. You have a go. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, right, just, 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 just a couple. Just a couple of um, YouTube comments here. We're not going to dodge them. Martin, ladies tour standard was amazing. Pat- Patrick, of course I'm going to answer this. I'm not going to dodge it. Fallon Cherrick. I have My opinion hasn't changed. In my opinion, wow. Fallon's A game. I've Fallon's got- A game is better you know than the rest. I've got, do you know what, PB? I have got, I've got a lot of respect for you still consistently sticking to a wrong opinion. I, I've, I've got a lot of respect for that. Fair play. I'm, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm sticking to my good. Don't get me wrong. Across the weekend, Lisa played fabulous stuff and she rightfully topped the order of merit. Not arguing that, but I stick to what I've said from day one. Disagree there. Disagree there. Thought, in, in, any, in, any, in any sport, in any sport, I was told from a young age, the league table doesn't lie. At the end of a season, the league table, for that competition, doesn't lie. So, well, all I'm saying is, all, no, hang on, no, well, all I'm saying is, is that the most consistent player was Dieter Redmond. Lisa Ashton got knocked out in the last 32. Dieter Redmond's worst performance as a quarter final when she was already there at the Palace, even though she didn't know it at the time, but she was already there at the Palace. <laughs> Dieter Redmond was the most consistent player this weekend. Simple as plain as that. <laughs> like, let's go for it. <laughs> a floor game needs to improve, though, Fallon. And like, to be fair, I've seen a comment here as well. Someone saying, why doesn't she have a tour card then? <clears throat> Here's the deal. Let's be honest about this. A tour card, Q school, is an absolute lottery. An absolute lottery for a kickoff. Okay? 100%. You look at... St- okay, let's just okay, let's just think about this, okay? No disrespect here, but I'm going to use them as an example. Aaron Beanie has won, what is it, two games, three games all year on the Pro Tour? And he came through Q school. If it's your day, it's your day. Now, to get, to, to get a tour card, so... Let's think about this. Ben's also talked about this and saying the top 64 don't qualify for the Worlds. Remember, it's the top 32. It's unlikely Ashton disqualified via another route. What we're saying, Ben, is that the pro to order of merit that would qualify for the top 32, Ashton might potentially get into the Worlds that way because uh, if she qualifies for the Players' Championship, that also uh, catapults for her ranking. If she gets through to the Grand Slam as well, that might also go on a pro tour order of merit ranking, and it might go to uh, towards her towards her ranking as well. For that, we believe what we're hearing from the PDC. But certainly, if she gets to the players' championship finals, then she would probably be in the top thirty-two order of merit potentially as well. That's what we're saying. We're not saying that she won't get through on the order of the PDC order of merit. We're saying that she might get through on the pro tour order of merit uh, for to be in that sixty-four to play in the first round alongside the qualifiers. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, yeah, and the, the, the same as uh, Lendl, only through via the Pro Tour and Merit. That's what we're talking about, guys. Um, we've got we've got darts ranking up here. We're we're fully prepped and know what is going on. So, from the ladies series, we're going to hop over to Germany. It was the European Tour. So, the afternoon session. Yeah, it was all right. Um, for me, the standard wasn't that great. We have to talk about this. The standard wasn't that great, if I'm being honest, on the afternoon session. Do we have to, do, yeah, but no. so do we have to talk about we, this day? This whole day was... I mean, no, I'm, not, I'm not being funny. Just, there, was, there was nothing there on this day There are a couple of talking really points. Like, the Germans got a good couple of youngsters coming through. Ricardo Petrechko, Kai Gotthardt. Like, they look capable dark players, right? They didn't cover themselves in glory throughout the weekend, but the Germans are producing a, a production line now of, of future dying players. And it's taken a couple of years. It wasn't going to be instant. It's better than Robert Marianovich switching allegiances so he can be classed as a German because there's more opportunities for them. Like they've been given the opportunity <laughs> now. They are an expanding market and you can see the players they're now producing. So to see, all right, albeit because they got more qualifying spots on the last night, but the players that did qualify gave a, a good account of them. So that wasn't the worst thing in the world. Um, Willie O'Connor's walk-on on the Euro Tour is, is still what yeah. it is. Not sure how. They I just love it. do not give to something. And how good 
Not his darts, by the way, because they were shocking. But how good does John Henderson look, by the way? We've picked up a lot of players oh, in the lockdown and, and lost some weight. Mark McGinney, um and a couple of others. But John Henderson looks superb. Fair play to the man. Oh, he looks he looks absolutely mint. And we said in our group chat, I was like, wow, look at Hendo. Um, he's not longer Big he John. Looked, he looked he's like just a completely new man. He, he looked like a completely new man, to be fair. I want to give a shout-out, um, actually. Do you know okay. what? There was a couple of things. There was a couple of things very quickly. I want to give a massive shout-out to Adam Hunt, because I thought he played superbly well against Damon Hetter. Really, really well done. And another couple of games that I want to talk about. There was one of the performance. It was... Uh, oh, wait, Jason Lowe was just about yeah, decent game. Yeah. But Martin and Cleomacker, we can come on to because uh, he had a really good run. Um, before David Evans, I thought was mince as well across the, the whole Euro Tour. And I think he's going to do some damage yeah, next year. Maybe, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I, I thought he looked he's, he's really good. He's played darts consistently over lockdown, hasn't he? Modus, the, the home league from Modus has been superb for it. Yeah, 100%. Um, so are, you look, to, are you trying to get? On, gonna, are you trying to work on the Modus Lance League next, uh, Gob? Nah, I'm alright. But it is though, like <laughs> you look at the players that are playing well now. You look at the players that are playing well now. They've played darts over lockdown. You look at some of the players that have struggled. Yeah. They're the ones that have openly admitted yeah, they did nothing on the board. And Evans you played competitive oh, darts day in day out for about eight weeks to a yeah, good I'm standard as well. Standard. By the way, like. <laughs> I was only trying to dig. I was only trying to dig at you and, and, and Phoebe. That was all. Right, moving <laughs> so on. Do you feel the left problem out? Is it, it, problem is, yeah. if you write a job, it's me doing the interviewing process. Um, anyway, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Yeah. Day two was when the Euro Tour in Sindel thing really caught a light. Uh, I thought um, Mike Covenhausen against Daryl Gurney. I thought Covenhausen played really well. In in fairness to him. In, in, I, impressed. I, I Bernie's form is so indifferent. Correct. Oh, I, I don't know sit there and go, I don't understand what he's doing. Like 18 months ago, Daryl Gurney never loses that match in a million years. Well, I, I just, but, I think Gurney, I think Gurney's formed since probably what, the 20, what, since the, since the Premier League last year? Well, do you know what? Actually, no, I'm going to, I'm going to call it now. Since he, since he bombed that match play semi-final, he's not looked the same player. Since he bombed that match play semi-final last year to cross, he's not looked the same player. He was terrible. And look, I, I've got a lot of time for Superchin. I think he's a good player, but he, he's, he doubly needs to improve. And he, and he didn't, his scoring didn't look great either in this game. And Koivano even deserved to win, and quite rightly so. Koivano had another great yeah. weekend, to be fair to him. Yeah, Ian White convincing against Scott Wakes. There wasn't really anything to talk about in that game. Thought Diamond just did a number on him. Um, again, Smith against Dirk Tanekers again, one-way traffic. Smith just did what he had to do and bulldozed him out of the way. Um, Durant against Nico Kurtz was a good game. I thought I enjoyed that. Um, Durant pulled away towards the end, but I thought it was competitive. Yeah, yeah, you can definitely see the yeah, potential yeah. of ability in Kurt, can't you? Like, hundred percent, one hundred. We saw it. We saw it at the World Championships. We saw it at the World Championships. We saw that it was mint. Like, you know, he's great. And the World Series. He still holds my favorite. He still holds my favorite ever World Championship interview. And that's going to take some beating. <laughs> um, I did watch that. Yes. Then, then from there, Jose de Souza again against Petresca, comfortable. Um, 
We'll Chizzy. come on to Jose. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll move on into him later on. Hashtag spoiler alert. Um, Lucky D, Darius Labanowskis doing a number on the Chiz. What a weekend he's had as well, by the way. Yeah. What he's just done there is he's, a- he's absolutely smashed his way potentially uh, towards... Well, I thought for a second he was going to get into qualification for, uh, for, for Europe. You know, and he's been doing pretty well. I thought I thought he was going all the way at one stage, to be fair to him. And we're not just yeah. saying that because he tagged us in every social media post he put for the last weekend. But he was fantastic. Really, really fan of the show, Lucky D. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, Thanks for watching. Then, then from there, again, we'll, we'll talk about this more in a minute, but Joe Cullen, the Jacqueline Hyde Joe Cullen, on day two was mint. Played really well against Kim Hybrex. A real solid performance, 6-3. Jamie Hughes against Steve Lennon. Again, look, Hughes fell over the line, I think it's fair to say. Um, we'll t- I, I, we'll, we'll I want to talk about him tomorrow yeah. when we go out to Sunday. We'll, I'm going to leave my... Yeah, agree. We'll, yeah, we'll come. He fell over the line. Um, this he was a bit of a shock. By the way, just, just going to say really quickly, interesting stuff they found out. You know Steve Lennon's never won a match on a Saturday, apparently, according to Paul Nicholson. Yeah, on, I on commentary. I don't think he's ever yeah. won a match. That was What a stat that is, to be fair. Again, by the way, Dorsey, Dan Dawson, Paul Nicholson, Rob Balaki, again, smashed out the park. Brilliant stuff from them on the weekend as well. 100%. In the even session, the Polish Eagle beaten. Now, this is a shock. However, Martin Klimacher was mint. He played, considering yeah. on the Friday, he was shocking. He was awful. But he turned up on Saturday evening. This is great. What a performance this was. Did not see this coming. <laughs> no. The thing is, as well, checkouts-wise, 6 to 10 on checkouts, he was he was brilliant. Got a lot of time for that. Yeah. The big Dutchman did really well. And, and, and he's absolutely smashed his way into qualification standings. I think he's got half a chance of qualifying with seven grand. I think he might just about get yeah. there, you know. Yeah, definitely. Um, Rob Cross, Adam Hunt. It's a pretty scrappy game, to be fair, I thought. I think it started well, but then towards the end, it got a bit bitty and, yeah, one of them for me. Adam's putting in yeah. some performances, uh, six, though. 6-5, was it? Yeah, 6-5, was it? I'm just reading off the graphic. I think it was 6-5, to be fair. No. Yeah, I thought it was, because I, I had to do a write-up for, for that one. And definitely yeah. a six five game of the week, game of the day for me. That was great. Uh, by the way, that one one four checkout from Adam Hunt to win the uh, to win to get the break back was astonishing. Brilliant stuff from Hunt, and I thought he was going to do bits as well, to be honest. Yeah, definitely. Just um, just touching on what we we'll, we'll come on to this in a minute. We'll do it at the end of the year as well, actually. Then from there, James Wade against Gabriel Clemens. Again, I thought Wade Wade's finishing was masterclass on the Saturday night. Typical Wade. Didn't score particularly well. However, Bosch clinical. Um, and again, mm-hmm. I'm going to say it, I'm going to say it again. Another disappointing performance from Gabriel Clements. Well, I expected more. You were just waiting to you were just waiting to unload that one, weren't you, Phil? Could, could feel that one. I, I, uh, I think he was. I just I was. They've both thrown a hundred average. It's finishing I'm doubling awful. four from thirteen. They've both averaged a hundred. As Bobby George once said. Moving on. No, um, agreed. On paper, on paper, the game 
of the night. It was a repeat of a blockbuster last week. The Iceman, Gerwin Price, against Big Devin Peterson. However, Dev not at the races this weekend, I think it's fair to say. 6-2 to the Iceman, and he was fairly comfortable. Yeah. Uh, Devin just didn't play well. It's the first time we've said that about him in a while, but... He seemed to be very low. I'm, I'm not sure if there was something slightly off for the action that he's been working on, but a lot of his darts seem to be very low. I think he missed an opportunity early on to stay with it, and he just allowed Gezi to just take hold of the match and never really recovered from there. He was chasing a lot. He was visibly frustrated on stage. Um, just just not a good day for Devon. No. Then Mensal Sulevich against David Evans... Oh, my days. Mensal Sulevich was absolutely... That's one of his best performances I've seen probably this year. His finishing well, he only, uh, was mitt. Was dross. His finishing was dross. He was 6 of 20. Was it? Uh, he averaged 105. Did he score well? I knew, I, knew, I knew he played well on one of them. I haven't got the stats up in front no, of me, but I knew saying, he played well. What I'm saying is, is that he, what I'm saying is he, he was 6 of 20 on the checkouts and he averaged 105. What well, matter what yeah, he's, he's, he's trying to double, but uh, you know, you know my thoughts on Mensor. I will, uh, I will leave him to the semi-final. Don't worry about that. <laughs> um, then well, from I'll leave it to there... the third round game. Actually, that's probably the best thing to talk about it. <laughs> then, then from there, Michael Van Gogh six-one over Merv King again. King not at the races this weekend, and MVG was comfortable about playing well. Yeah, moving on. He's been in good, good form recently, but yeah, yeah, no. There's, I, there's I, a lot I of players doing that at the minute. Though. There's a lot of players that are putting in good performances and then backing it up with some absolute dross. Dross. And yeah. I get that without playing regularly, that's where they're going to struggle with inconsistency. But the, even like the likes of Gary Anderson or James Wade, they're never miles away from an absolute stinker of a performance after playing so well to put themselves into a good position. And King's played well last couple of weekends, all right, comes up against Michael. But he's had a good crack at Michael over the last few years. Like, when they've met, like, there's a good little showdown. And that was that was poor from King today, or Saturday. Yeah. And again, I, I, I think, I think what, what, what... Oh, yeah, sorry. I was just going to talk really quickly about that MVG King rivalry. Do you remember last year, UK Open 2019, where... King put him out after MVG calling him a disgrace to darts. That World Grand Prix, was it second round game or quarter final? I can't remember one of the two, but that was the game of the tournament by a long way. Uh, this year, the UK opening the quarterfinals. Oh, sorry, uh, sorry, uh, the Players' Championship quarterfinals of last year, where uh, Merv's back was uh, playing up, and then again, MVG talking about it. So, them t- I, I, I'm going to go out on a limb here, Phil. You know the green machine better than most, but I'm going to say that, uh, that King is, is not on his Christmas card list. Correct. <laughs> um, again, I thought Nathan Aspinall was fairly comfortable. Willie didn't play anywhere near what we can, and, and Aspinall cruised through that he game. Came out to zombie. He still came out to zombie by the cranberries, and I love him. Oh, to, to be fair, on the Euro Tour, you can get away with walking out to anything. Have you, uh, you, you, say, you've had the, the DJ at 12 and you I'd say the DJ, the afternoon DJ. I love the Euro Tour DJ. Please, more of him. It was just literally, what was it three o'clock in the afternoon? We had some right happy hardcore going on. Like, Where's this come from? Um, and then in the final one, 
the Dutch the Dutch destroyer Vincent van der Voort six four over Max Hop, and again it was wasn't pretty from either player if I'm being honest. I think it was his last game vibes and trying to just get over just get get on with it. I think it's probably the best thing to say about it. Um, just on. I mean, we, go on to we were talking three. earlier about how the women's series dragged all the attention. By the way, it's not really difficult to see why after some of the performances on the Euro Tour. Don't get me wrong, Euro Tour is fantastic, but it wasn't the most gripping weekend of Euro Tour action. Well, until, until, just until the final day. And just just before I'm the Graham Sunes of darts, the reason is Lucky D. I don't consider as someone that is going to go and win titles. Gabrielle Clements is being bigged up as this person that can go and win PDC titles, and I don't see it. It's like, it's like comparing Manchester. Uh, I don't, I'm not convinced. As I said, I don't. Not convinced he can at the moment. He's, he's absolutely min. What are you on about? He's made he's made numerous. He's made a couple of uh, pro tour finals. He's absolutely been smashed out of the park. I love big game. And he's learning English <laughs> like he's going <laughs> tomorrow. Made it, made a UK Open, made oh, UK a... Open last sixteen as well this year. Oh, his English is hilarious off camera, by the way. He's 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 picked up some great oh. English. Um, <laughs> but look, yeah. I just I'm just not sold. I'm just not sold on him yet as a top top player. I think I think his floor game is very good. I'm not look, arguing there, but I just don't think his TV yeah. game is is up there yet. Look, I, I, am I going to am I going to sit here and say I think Gabriel Clemens will be a top ten player by the end of the, by the end of the next couple of years? Probably not. But do I think he's got the potential to go and win something like a world Se- a world series title, um, a potential ranked event, maybe Euros or something like that, or a play maybe? Yeah, I'm not going to suggest he's going to. I'm not going to come and sit here at the moment and say he's going to win the world championship. But am I going to suggest he's got what it takes to win a TV title? Absolutely. Anyway, moving on to day three. <laughs> um, right, I'm, I'm not, so I can't get on with it. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. The first two games I didn't see because everyone knows I play football on a Sunday morning, and these stupid you got up to, you twelve got o'clock stuff for that. You got yeah, I know, yeah. For that. <laughs> my, my, my bad. Struck having a social life. Well, I thought. Yeah, yeah. I'll give you, I'll give you, the, I'll give you the, the headlines from this because I was watching both of these games. Uh, Mike Colv- Mike Colvin again, Mike Coivenhoven, excuse me, was absolutely brilliant against Glenn. I thought, does I, I'll be honest, with you, does it look knackered? And you know, winning a Premier League on uh, winning a Premier League and uh, getting on a flight at three o'clock in the morning from Heathrow, yeah, that's a that's tough. He did look a bit knackered, to be fair. Um, so well played, fair play to Mike Corbinoven. Ian White once again really played well. Michael Smith missing key darts at doubles at, mo- at key moments. Like uh, that, that was the that was the top two games at least. I'm really not surprised yeah, by your last sentence. Yeah, well, I was back in time. <laughs> yeah, we just. <clears throat> I was back in time to watch Labanaskus and Cullen, and I think it's fair to say that Cullen was dross. Yeah, didn't look great. Let's put it that way. He funny on social media afterward, though. I'm surprised. I'm surprised that tweet is that tweet still. <laughs> I was about to say, is the tweet still <laughs> there? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It was hilarious. Yeah. Um, Am I yeah. allowed to say completely accurate? 
no, no. <laughs> and to, to be fair, look, if, if, if people are going to troll people on Twitter, I haven't got an issue with them giving it back like that. Weirdly enough, it's not there anymore, which is a real shame. Oh, um, <laughs> from Hello, Barry Hearn. Hello, Barry Hearn speaking. Um, then, then from then from there, um, Jose de Souza bringing to an end the twenty-four game winning spree of the Iceman going in price. And to be fair, Jose what? deserved it. He played really well. Yeah, played really well. He played well. Price didn't. Price didn't get out of the races. I don't think that often. That, that in that in the game, to be brutally honest, I didn't think he played particularly well. And even he said it himself; he didn't particularly play well. Um, he missed three or fifteen on you know three or fifteen on doubles. That is not a good in Price that we know. Um, and again, at the end of the day, again, people who starts matches. What? Say that again. Which one? The intro you gave to that match. Sales are bringing to an end the winning run. Yeah, but that was Devon last week, wasn't it? He's won twenty-three. He'd won twenty-three of his previous twenty-four matches. Yeah. Same thing. He's just he's the best player in the world. Got we can do what he wants. To be fair to Kessie, though, it, how, how much well, time on that modus job? <laughs> <laughs> to, to be fair to Gezi, he lost it and he did well. He was back in Markham by Sunday night. He did well to get home that quick. <laughs> fair play to him to do that. But he just didn't, um, I'll be honest with you, he just didn't look at the races. He didn't look at the races doubles wise. Three of fifteen, not good. Simple as that's not what no. we see from going. That's not what you see from going prize that often. Simple as. No. Um this is this is the game I think we're um, <laughs> we're all gonna have a a, a say on. Mensor Sudovic beating Jamie Hughes six five. And if you didn't watch the game, everyone, Jamie Hughes was 5-0 up. Yes, I did say 5-0. Where do we start, gentlemen? I prefer not to speak. Right. If I speak, start. I'm in big trouble. was shocking to start, but he, he so up and down. He was shocking. I got so much abuse. I got so much abuse from my group chat for saying Hughes has bowled it. And it's not the first time that he's done it. And everyone's like, you can't say that he's won a Euro Tour. And I was like, fair enough. Like, he, he was fantastic. But he won the hottest Euro Tour on record. Max like, Max Hopps, Euro, Max that, Hopps that plays Euro into Tour. it. Does that mean he's not a bottler? No, that's what I'd say. What have done since the Euro Tour? Look, Jeremy Hughes bottled it. Let's not beat around the bush. The facts speak for himself. He missed multiple match starts over many legs. Had the opportunity to kill him off and didn't. You can't, you can't I mean, shoot out that fact. There, there was some aspect of that's this. That's his you know, nickname. Sort of was that sorry? That's his nickname. Because it was in yes, Germany. Very good indeed. Yes, but there was some whistling in the crowd and all that sort of stuff. It, it, it was what it was. George, Georgie knows wasn't particularly happy with it. But even so, man, you can't miss shock though. For the double, we saw it. Yeah, well, yeah, we saw this, right? Five nil up. Noble's like, I've got one. Year. I've got one. Stay there, Georgie boy. You stay there, Georgie boy. We've got another six legs yet, George. 
<laughs> my favorite, my favorite, oh, my favorite moment of the whole, my favorite moment of the whole day was was it on a Sunday? I think the whole weekend was. I think it was in this game between Mensour and Jamie, and you just saw as he's giving the eleventh and final leg speech. He's there with his eyes closed. Eleventh and final leg. And final leg. Yeah, it's just to say. <sighs> Men's sort of throw. Yeah, he's, he's going, how has this happened to me again? Um, but, <laughs> knowing, look, knowing, George, knowing George very well, what came out of his mouth and what he was thinking were two completely different things. <laughs> I bet he was thinking, for God's sake. Stronger than that, probably. Uh, um, I'd probably stronger than that. It's not broadcastable. No. Uh, what I'd say um, is this, but, though, about Jamie Hughes. Right, really quickly. We saw this in the UK Open against Johnny Clayton. He missed big darts to win and get through to a maiden PDC TV semi-final. It didn't happen. He misses darts again in this position. Mental comes back somehow and fights back. I don't know how. Um, but yeah, just you can't you can't lose from final up. You can't. Just god awful. However, moving on. Uh Rob Cross beating Martin Clearmacker 6-1. And this is probably the best I've seen Rob look for a while. Mm. The throw looked good. The mechanics right, looked yeah. good. And he averaged... Yeah, exactly. I, I thought Rob played really well against Claire Macker, in fairness to him. He did. But he's in that category. The players that I listed earlier, your James Wade, your Gary Anderson, your Joe Cullen, they're going to fall off a cliff after a good performance. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You don't know what's coming next. One minute, it's majestic. The next minute, it's... Oh, hello. I'm on. Yeah, I know. I agree that. Yeah. Yeah, you don't know what's coming, but Rob put in a good one there. Then from there, Nathan Aspinall beating James Wade 6 2. Again, fairly interesting game. Fair. Well, look, again, Wade missed a few darts at a double, but wasn't really in the game, let's be brutally honest. Then. I'll, I'll yeah. give you that one. The, 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 the last game. Was interesting. Michael Van Gerwen beating his best mate, Benson Mandeville, 6 5. And to be fair, until the last, until the last two was... legs, it was decent. So the last two legs, the last... it was like, all right. And then, yeah, the last leg, well, they both missed five match starts each before MVG got over the line. Yeah. Well, you look but, at the checkout look, stats, Phil. You look at the checkout stats. Yeah. MVG, 6 of 26. Vincent Mandeville, 5 of 28. Game was dross. Let's yeah. let, let, let's have it right. The game was oh, yeah, even Michael Van Gerwen a, said it. A... Even Michael Van Gerwen Michael Van Gerwen said it himself. And I think he's gonna get another call from Barry this, in the next couple of days. Oh, he's, uh, he, Michael's interview afterwards was genius. <laughs> Michael Van um, Gerwen, no, socially really distanced DRA Christmas party is slowly building a good part. Well, I said six months off, they've got to double these fines, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> they got to pay for Zoom premium. I'd like to call each other back every 40 minutes. <laughs> then, moving on to the even session, it was Mike Comenhausen against Ian White. Yeah, an interesting one. Uh, yeah. Six, I'm not really four, sure how White got as far as he did. I thought he played pretty well. To He's be not been playing very well. Yeah, that. No, but you have, but you know, what does he always do on the Euro Tour? He always has that one amazing run that shouldn't that shouldn't happen, but does. That is literally what Ian White does normally on a Euro Tour. He'll come out of nowhere and go and win one because that's what he does. 
So yeah, but you know, he does that averaging over a hundred. He didn't do that this weekend. Michael Smith was two from eighteen on the doubles against him. Mike Hovenheim wasn't a lot better. The averages weren't there. The performance to put Ian White away wasn't there. Whereas I think other players dodged larger bullets to make the final part of the action. Yeah, look, he, he averaged... Yeah. If somebody had thrown not, something at Ian White, I don't think he had it to throw it back at him until the semi-final. Yeah, no, agreed. Then, Jose de Salza beating Darius Lemonowskis 6-4. And again, I enjoyed this game. 98 average from de Salza, 95 and a bit from Lemonowskis. Just a good game, to be fair. Both competitive. And, and it was good. Good one for the neutrals and all. Like, all right, we, we big up Jose, Darius has done bits, but there aren't many hardcore fans of either on social media. Like, it was just a nice, enjoyable game of good quality darts. Yeah, no, it was. It was, it was and a decent. couple of miscounts. Then, <laughs> yeah. Then from there, we had, as Nico would say, we had a bagel, Mentor Silovich whitewashing Rob Cross, and Rob Cross fell off a cliff. I think it's fair to say 6-0, an 81 average. Um, not pretty from Cross, but again, consistent from Sudovic. Yeah. Once he oh. made that equipment change on stage on the Friday or Saturday, whenever it was, he looked a different man. It was on the Saturday. It was when he was chopped and getting, get, when he was getting humped by Jamie Hughes, he changed equipment. Um, and in the last quarterfinal, 6-5 victory over Nathan Aspinall again in the final leg. They both missed multiple match darts, but it was MVG got over the line, 99 and a bit average, Nathan 98. Even though, even with those missed darts, it was still a decent game. Yeah, it was okay. Good tension, well, good drama. Yeah, but it wasn't special. Yeah. Like it was a good, it was a good game as it always is on the, between those two on the Euro Tour. Asp and Van Gerwen normally deliver great matches, and that's what they did. First semi-final, Jose de Souza seven-six victory game over Ian White. The weekend. I'm not even going to jump. I'm not even going to let you finish the intro, Phil. Game of the weekend by a long, long way. This game was tremendous. It was it, it, it was a funny game because look, Jose battered Ian White scoring wise. However, Ian White's combination finishing in this game was absolutely oh. mint. Putting that combination finishing. I don't get where Jose this came from either. Uh, after, well, considering the Kyvenhans performance, Be- I agree with you. Before the start of the semi-final, Ian White's highest checkout of the weekend was 78. He won six legs in the semi-final, five of which were a higher checkout than his tournament best before the match. And he missed darts yeah. for the one, two, six? No, 105 for the match, maybe? Yes, it was. 105 for the match. Yeah. So he nearly had six or seven legs that would have all beaten his tournament highest checkout. That's what he needed, though. Well, I mean, Jose was meant yeah, to be Well, yeah, finishing in that game was tremendous for a kickoff, right? And also, can we just say, a lemon dart leg to break the throw in the final leg of the match, that's stones. That is stones. 100%. 100%. 100%. Just, just 
just a just a great game of darts. And the the second semi final, you look at the scoreline, and you Michael Van Gogh in beating Mensah Sudovic seven one. But that was a strange game. Really, really again, mental strange. Yeah, yeah, but I've said it before and I'll say it again. Mensor doesn't excite me anymore. He's not a top ten player yeah, um, anymore. For me. Before he we come to the final, <laughs> um, before well, we come does, on to the final, like, he won the Champions League twice, and every time he sat there going, Mensor, could you win this? And he goes, No, I'm not good enough. He's in the top eight in the world. He played very, very well in the Premier League the years he was in it, but didn't get the results. He's won Champions League against effectively the same field. Like he's an exceptional darting talent. He just doesn't believe in his own ability. Gob. I, Gob, I'm, I'm not, not going to go into how good the Champions League is as a event, but it's against the Premier League field over a longer distance. It's a weekend event. Except you don't handpick for a kick. You don't handpick a granddad in to sell some seats in Rotterdam. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Uh, Really quickly, really quickly. I know we've got to go to the final, but let me say this now about Mensor. The only time that he's looked anywhere half decent was in that world match player 2018. And he produced the best final I've ever seen against Gary Anderson. No one was stopping Gary Anderson that year. He was the best player in the world. Appreciate he's with the Champions League, but he just doesn't excite me. He just, I always like, whether you are a slow player, a quick player, whatever. I don't care as long as there's something about you. Apart from the headbutt, which we haven't seen a lot of recently, what is there from what is a mental Sulevich? What is it? Because I don't know what it is. And until such time as we get a consistent level from Mensor, I don't know what it's going to be. And I want I I want a competitive field. I want Mensor to be up there. I want them all to do well because when they all do well, darts does well. But he just he just doesn't excite me. He just doesn't grab my attention. But, uh, I don't know. but I'm going to get pelters in the comments, I'm sure, from that. So there we go. Um, just just before we go on to the final question about Michael Van Gerwen's Robin Hoods at the moment. Look, just, yeah, it happens in darts. And people are saying oh, it's, it's happening more often. Good sign. If you're throwing well, yeah, because your, your darts following the same flight trajectory as the last one. So it means you're throwing straight. Um, yeah, for me, um, it's a good sign. It means he's, it means he's got the grouping back, if you like. Possibly change yeah, the entrance angle a little bit if you wanted to avoid it, or I don't know, change his, his flight and stem combination. But it's worked for him for so long. It's just it's a good sign. It happens. All right, we don't see it that often anymore. But a lot of players have used little chips or, or tricks or different little setups to, to avoid it, but. It's good. It means he's grouping the dart well. Yeah, on to the final. It's annoying because you're not Salzburg. scoring the points for it, but it's good. Moving on to the final. Jose de Salzer against Michael Van Gerwen. What a performance from Jose. An 8-4 victory with near, near on 106 average. He was faultless. Absolutely faultless in the final. Gents, would you agree? Well, Unbelievable! God, you go. God, you go, mate. It, 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 I didn't see it coming. I even put in the group chat before you. I put the inverted score, but to the other man, because we've seen Jose get that deep in the tournaments before against Michael, 
and struggle because as soon as he approached the winning line the last time they met in a final, the darts start dropping. He gets a bit of tension in his arms. The release gets a little bit jerky, but he was superb. And that 88 finish, this, what, the 146, the 146 was unreal, but 88, top rate. For him to no, get Fenty all the way through a match without miscounting as well. For him to get all the way through a match without miscounting and then do that to win it. I, I thought I thought it was men. I thought I thought it was it was incredible for a kickoff. The one four six, by the way, was great because MVG just goes and pings in a one seven one to leave one three two, and you know he wants to take that finish out to get back on throw. So for him to Souser to find the one four six to basically stop any chance to come back, that broke MVG's heart. That was mint for a kickoff. He was averaging near as enough as damage, 12, 13 points higher throughout the entire game. 8-13 on the checkouts, a double-double finish. Jose de Sousa, you are an absolute mad case, but I bloody love you. We met him at the we met him at an exhibition Gob and I did in March. He was unbelievable. He was so funny. And I've got so much time for Jose de Sousa. Well, to be fair, I'm not just saying this. The entire management stable that he's under and, and their manager, Mac, Mac Elkin, they all are brilliant. I mean, to be fair, he's also managed Glenn Durrance. He's not had a bad week, has he? <laughs> he's not had a bad week picking I mean, up 250 Dimmy was Dimmy was meant to be at that event and then Glenn and Jose were and they've all picked up titles since so you know basically yeah exactly uh, yeah, so no. basically Matt what we're saying um, is come back everything, <laughs> but he was brilliant brilliant yeah well that's the Euro Tribe one right we're going to enter question time as we call it anyone that's watching in the chat room on YouTube or wherever please get your questions in to us uh, there's one in there um, MVG has withdrawn from the European Tour this weekend. I don't know. I haven't seen anything because we've been obviously on air talking to you guys. So I don't know is the honest I'm answer. I'm just having a quick look myself. I'm just having a quick look myself. He does I'm normally. I've not got anything off the piece. Risa is one where he you do like normally Risa. get more withdrawals than than a lot. Um, it, it wouldn't be a surprise. Um, but, but I mean, to be yeah, fair, we, we haven't seen anything say officially yet. He hasn't actually he hasn't actually won a Euro Tour title yet this year. I appreciate there's only been there's only going to be four, but that's what normally he's normally got in that position enough to to qualify. I think he with that final run he has, and let's be honest about it, Risa is an absolute trek to get to. And we all know only one person wins in Risa. Correct. And that is the that is the Iceman. Um, so yeah, the, the only no. answer is I, I don't know um, because we, we've we've been on air, so we don't know if he has or not. So yeah, um, Phil, um, which Jose is really the special one? Obviously Mourinho. No further questions. Boring, boring. Well, I don't know. Jesus didn't bottle a three 0 lead this weekend. Right. I'll take goals, goals, goals all day long. We played under Harry Redknapp for two years. Some of the best football I've ever seen in my life. We we, we, we like we like goals at the lane. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, someone talking about Jose de Souza, amazing. Completely agree, Jacob. Sorry, Mr. Start. Don't worry, mate. You can catch us. Um, we'll, this will be on YouTube as a normal video, so you can always catch us there. We appreciate anyone that comes in. No matter what time you join us, I say we do I this for you guys to fill you in. Just get into that. Hold your horses, Hold your horses. Yes, and it, and it will be available as as a pod on all good platforms as well because Giles got to edit it after we finished. 
Um, Can't wait. Monday Night Football straight after this as well. Lovely. The American um, football, not proper yeah. English football. <laughs> Question from Jacob. Do you think Fallon missing out on the world will damage her mainstream appeal? Uh, no, not at all. No. No, she's the um, she's the girl. Look, she, she, she's the, the main girl the main the story world. about the event on the BBC we the BBC website this weekend was Fallon missing out, not the other two achieving. And whilst oh, yeah. that does take the shine off what Lisa and Dieter are doing, because uh, sorry, this is how media works. I don't necessarily agree with it, but because Fallon drew the media attention in to start with, you have to lead the if you're in the media because that's how you get the casual people to your website. So you get people to click yeah. onto your article about darts, right? Fallon draws them in, then you can give the bulk about how good the other two were. If if the article yeah, doesn't do is, that, then I'm it. sorry, it's poor journalism. But your, your headline has to be Fallon, no matter what a result is, because of her previous exploits in the PDC. End of the day, end of the day, really quickly, we saw the numbers that came through with what happened against Ted. We were there. We were all there on that night. Well, so, well, I was there for a set and then I had to run home and get the train. We saw what happened on the Sulevich second round. That on a Saturday night, that drew in probably the highest numbers that Sky probably had for the World Championships in a long time. And then the highest afternoon session numbers ever for the game against Chris Dobie. She draws numbers. No way does that change the mainstream appeal. Simple as plain as that. No way. No. Um, so, yeah, cheers, Jacob. Uh, Sam, how do you see the ladies' game realistically progressing? Look, we spoke about it earlier. If something isn't done now with the momentum and the buzz around, it will never happen. I think we're all in agreement with that. Yeah. It, it, yeah. The way it's gone this weekend, it has to. someone has to run with it. Obviously not in 2020, but there has to be plans afoot for 2021 to progress the great things we saw this weekend. The buzz around it on social media, the buzz in the venue, the streaming numbers, and just the standard, because everyone was like, oh, there's only three or four. Wrong. There were some mint games through throughout. So, say that, that I think I've, I've, I've always had a soft spot for ladies' games. Everyone knows from Lakeside and everything like that. Please, please, please. This is this is the time now where we have to back it and run with it. Um, so, I hope that helps, Sam. Uh, Patrick, what are your, what are your opinions about... Um, Boris Kirchmar, player to avoid the world's draw? Absolutely. He's played some great stuff. Yeah. We've seen him on the Euro Tour and everything like that. Absolute mm-hmm. beast. Um, can't, an absolute can't, I don't want to play anybody called awesome. Boris at the world. <coughs> <laughs> no. um, so, yeah. Uh, Dan, if Devin or someone else like Jose wins the Euros or Players' Championship... Um, do they Ooh. get picked for I think, the Premier League? Um, a Euros? I'll give you the Euro oh, final. Look, good question. Look, the unwritten criteria. It's not. This isn't written down. However, if you win a televised title, you get picked for the Premier League. Yeah. Um, look, in in all the years the Premier League's been going, it's only ever Paul Nicholson that has won a televised title that has never made the Premier League Cup. Kevin Painter from nowhere won the Players' Championship Finals, got picked for the Premier League. Um, so, look, if someone mm. outside the top 10 wins one of the TV events, do I think they'll get picked for the Premier League? Yes. What about if James Wade else, drops out of the top 10 but wins the Players' Championships? Barry will find a way not to pick him. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, I, I think I think reluctantly that they, they pick him. That this isn't saying James isn't a great player, but the Premier League is a different set of boxes you have to tick. It's just not about darts, yeah. as, as we yeah. know. And and James is a great player, multiple winner, but he doesn't tick the exciting boxes on the criteria list. I think it's fair to say. The thing for me is that if someone else from outside the top ten, like we saw with Dimmy, and Dimmy was is, is a great story, and if someone from outside the top ten wins the Slam, wins the Euros, all the players, the Premier League picks, and I'm sure we'll go into them next week because all we've got to talk about is the Euro Tour and then the European Championship. But the Premier League picks, if someone else doesn't win those next three TV titles from inside the top 10, the Premier League picks are a mess, an absolute mess. I can't wait. I'd love to yeah. be. I would love to be in that board meeting if that's the case. Do you think they expand it to fit all the regulars in? Or do you think they just run without some? I think they'll have run without some. Sky Sky wouldn't want any more than five games a night. No, 100% not. So, it's 10. They might. And if if someone wins, someone's missing out. Then you've got to go and put in a performance at the World Championships. It's simple as plain as that. 100%. 100%. Uh, next one. How many women will win a tour card at Q School? <laughs> Look, well, this is a Q School's lottery. a lottery. Q, Q School is a, is a general lottery um, because there's no seeding. The draw, you could have all the good players lumped in one quarter of the draw. They knock each other out and someone comes through. Um, so... Look, we saw that. To be fair, you saw that with Fallon's, with most of Fallon's games. For an ex- just taking as an example, you know, Makuru as well. She was grouped in with some decent players, who were averaging 80, 85, 90 in rounds one and two. Well, you've got people chucking in forty fives and fifties who are getting through to getting through to rounds four, five, and, and beyond because they've got an easier light. It's just how it works. So it's a well, you, you, could, you, could, you could get a buy in round one. Two Dross players play each other in the first round. You get the winner of that. Then all of a sudden you're three games deep in the draw and you've played no one. So it it, it could skew score is luck of the draw. But, but <laughs> who do I think out of the women is capable right, right now, out of the ladies that are playing at the top level, who's capable of winning a tour card? For me, Fallon, Makuru, Dita. And right after what after what I saw at the weekend, I'm gonna throw Corinne into that bracket as well. Yes, the draw would have to be nice. However, she's more than capable of averaging high 80s, early 90s. And if the draw is nice, she could win yeah, a tall card as well. well. I think yeah, those, those four right now are more than capable of going to Q school and winning a tall card. Well, she, she got the Grand Slam qualifying final, did Corin, for a kickoff. So she did well. And she made a final that, as well. That's what I mean. The, uh, yeah, she made finals she put in good averages. as well. So she's not... Yeah. She put in some good averages. So I think any of those are capable of going and winning a tall card. I think that's the best way of putting it because until you see the draws, mate, we just don't know. Uh, next one, who needs to win to qualify for the European Championships? Well, this is anybody tighter than a duck. Do, really. Um, <laughs> right, so we've got Dirk van Dijvenbode on 15 grand. I'm oh, sorry, right 15 on seven and a half grand. Do we think that's enough? Where are we setting the benchmark uh... for money? 
I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna say seven. I think. So we're saying. To be fair, so actually, we're saying no, no. Do, seven and half. No, do you know what? Actually, Sonic. No, I'm not going to say seven. I'm going to say six because there's so many players down the bottom of this, down the bottom that haven't qualified for Euro Tour four, so they won't yeah. get a chance to get up there before the seeds come in. So I think I, I, I want to say five. I don't think five is going to be enough. I think six is going to be enough. Personally, I think Mike Coivinhoven is there with the weekend he had. So. So anyone below Mike Covenhausen are we going for? Yeah. So Daryl Gurney on five, Chisnell yes. on five, Hop on five, West on five, Labanowskis on five, Jeffrey Desjuan on four, Kim on four, Willie O'Connor on four, Scott Waits on four. Currently in the top 32, they're all in danger is what, was, what we think. Yeah, just about. Um, I, 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 the, the thing is, is that you look at the state of the the qualifiers that came through in ET4, and when I say state, I mean not necessarily a, a disrespectful. I'm just that's just a figure of speech. What I'm saying is, is that they're not the players that are currently got th- two grand, three grand that could potentially get up to get into the top 32. I, I act because it's because it, because it's obviously not 13 events like it normally is. I'm actually going to say. I, I want to say five safe, but I don't think it is. It's tight. Interesting. It's tight. Um, so, it's, well, I'm just looking at tour card holders who have qualified. Oh, wow. So, Dobes misses out. Dobes hasn't qualified. Adam Hunt hasn't qualified for that much because he's not there in ET4. No, Dobes hasn't qualified for ET4, so he can't make it through. I don't think Van der Poel either. I think, remember correctly. No, uh, don't think he has. Kurt well, probably hasn't yet, but yeah. we'll get a home nation spot. Well, well yeah. I funny enough, God, I was just, I was just coming on to that. If Nico Kurtz can come through the qualifier again, he's got a huge chance of making the Euro finals. He's currently on four grand. Depends how late people withdraw from this one as well, because if they start dishing out 12 spots, the home nation qualifiers, he's got a great chance. Yeah. Well, then, yeah, this this is the thing that we look at, we look at the list, right? MVG, will he go? Maybe. Probably not. I don't know. Obviously, uh, the only reason I I, I doubt he'll go because he's qualified. If he didn't qualify, he hadn't qualified yet, he definitely would have gone, but I don't think he'll go. Price will will go because it's in Risa. (laughs) <laughs> um, he just wins there every time. Ian White goes to everything. Peter Wright has pulled out, but he's still on showing on the list at the moment. He Peter Wright has pulled out, so that will be an extra space to the host nation qualifiers. Uh, Ratajski will go. Mensah will go. Gurney has to go. Chisner will go. Wade, I can see. I can see James Wade pulling out. Well, I tell you what, actually, rather than going through people who will go and all that sort of stuff, I've just gone through on uh, on on darts rankings who's definitely going from that top thirty-two list at the moment. So Adam Hunt's on four grand. So is Nico Kurtz. They're both on four grand. They're just missing out at this moment in time on countback. Nico Kurtz will probably get that spot. There's no doubt about that. The next person down there, down that list, is Ron Moodenkamp on three grand. So he potentially, if he gets yeah. into the second round, he potentially could get in there on countback. Yeah. Then another player that could potentially get to the Euros, Andy Hamilton. Hamilton on four, three grand on 41. You've got Bunting there on 40, on, on two grand. He's also could be going. 
he's going to have to do bits in order to try to get there, but he's going to have to win a couple of games in order to make it. You've got Mardis Rasma as well, who uh, who played some stunning stuff in the Winter Series, who almost qualified for the um, almost qualified for the for the Grand Prix. So, yeah, you know, that's really the only people that I think are, are in danger of taking those slots. So, I'm going to say, unless something ridiculous happens, I'm going to say five grand is going to be enough. I'll make a bold prediction on that. Interesting. Yeah. There's just going to be a lot of people that are competing against you. Like the draw could completely yeah. knacker some people up and it could be a really dull weekend because if three players have got potential, if one beats the other, that's it, they're out. If they all get open shots and start going deep, then we'd, we'd get a bit interesting. No, definitely. All to play for. So, yeah, hope that explains the Euro tour that it's a bit of a mess and all will become clear. Yeah. Um, yeah. Opinions about the World Cup of Darts draw? Um, it is what it is. Human. Human. It's, it's a monster of a draw, but I'm human. I think the <laughs> I think Philippines if the, if the Philippines uh, hadn't withdrawn, which would have been a shame. It's a real shame that the Philippines didn't withdraw. They're not actually withdraw, out yet. Me. I was about to say, I've seen anything. Yeah, I've seen the translation suggested that, and a lot of people reported that. But there's rumours that there's now a discussion between the PDC and the Philippine. Darts Federation oh, about so how they can safely get their players there and better communication. So they're not 100% withdrawn as yet, as far as I understand it, um, but they are on the cusp of doing so. Well, here's yeah, the so, yeah. Well, you think you said that section of the draw, that section of the draw where Wales are in, by the way, my goodness, that section of the draw is stacked. Yeah. It's, it's horrendous. I mean, there's, yeah. there's a comment uh, here. Not... I've just seen. I've just seen Phil. There's a comment here that says, "What do we think about Team England for the World Cup?" Um, I mean, they're the number one seed, um, but they're carrying about as much look, form as I am on the dart. That's not a lot. It's, look, it's, it's one of those Maybe ones. Maybe clicks, James like Wade a... and like... Nathan Ashnall should say they're retiring, and then they'll get picks. <laughs> <laughs> One last swan song in Austria. Um, look, I think, look, I think Team England is one of those ones. Look, at the moment That's they're sorry. carrying no form, but on on it on any given night, they could click and turn up, like Rob did on the Saturday night of the Euro Tour, and and stuff like that. So, look, at the moment, do I fancy England to win the World Cup? No, but on any given night, they could beat any other team. I mean, I was having Wales to win the World I mean, Cup, but Wales against Russia round one's not great. You then got the winner of Japan and Scotland if you get through that. Obviously, Scotland not without Gary Anderson and Peter Wright, which is a shame. Republic of Ireland against Australia in the seven in, in the in that game there, or Poland against South Africa. What a quarter of the draw that is! Yeah, and I must admit, I said last week I fancied Wales to win it before the draw was done. Curse of the um, curse of the tips. Um, so yeah, that, yeah that's team. That's team. Fancy Northern Ireland. I'm just putting that out there early. No, no. no. Gurney and Dolan. Don't, don't be silly. Come on, I fancy Republic of Ireland more than Northern Ireland. Be realistic. Ireland. Totally agree with you. Um, Gurney and Dolan. 
Um, just Jacob talking, based on what we were talking about earlier, do you think Fallon, Nisa and Dieter could appear in the Premier League? Um, not right now. No, no unless it was a, unless it's no. a contenders type thing. No. Um, but to get in the Premier League, you have to be top 10 in the world or win a TV event. So right now, no. Yeah. Um, no. One unless Nisa went to Grand Slam. That's what I said. This is just for a TV title. If you win yeah. that, then the door's open. Uh, in the top 16, who's under the most pressure? Good question. Mentor Sudovic. Lewis. <laughs> I'm going to call it now. He's still there. No, Lewis he's out. Is Lewis is definitely gone, mate. He's out, obviously, because of the thing. So oh, he's long uh, gone. COVID, but yeah, uh, Mentor. Mentor's in huge... Daryl Journey's under some pressure as well. There's different Darryl. pressure, though, isn't there? Like, to drop out of the he's top 16 not. is different, but there's players in the top eight who are carrying no form and have got money to That's defend I mean, them. Once you they can find themselves doing an Adrian eight. Lewis. Yeah. Once you drop at that top eight and well, you find yourself around the 15-16 mark, it's then a slippery slope because you're playing the, the best players around earlier and you're not picking up that extra money that you are for yeah. being... All right. Remember, we're going back remember to him. Got to defend. He didn't play everything, but you think how quickly... Barney slipped, how quickly Terry Jenkins slipped towards the end, how quickly Mervyn King slipped out of the top eight, 16 and hasn't recovered. Brendan Dolan, another one. And I know they carry Kim different Hybrex. form and perhaps different ability, but you think that that's a quality field. A decade ago, they're all title contenders. They're all picking up Pro Tour events yeah, and, and whatever they fancy, apart from Barney. I know it's a long yeah, time in darts and they're still a battle, it. but... <laughs> Be worried if you did. <laughs> but a decade ago, I didn't have a beard. That's even good. five, even even five years ago, even five years ago, the names I've just fair, mentioned are competing. I think I'm just looking quickly, ladies right? in danger of dropping out of the top ten. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I do. You know what though? The big thing for me this year Gary. is that obviously Gurney's got to go and def- Gurney's got to go and defend a um, a player's championship finals in in a couple of weeks. He's got to go and defend yeah. that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, th- I think Gurney How and Wade and Gary are in danger of... 115 grand, grand, I think. Or 95? Yeah. 115. I, th- I think it's, oh, it's definitely... So that's 309. So, he drops to he drops to 13. You, at the moment, post-World uh, Championship... Well, this is the this is the post-World Championship order, Merrick. Look at the World Championship race at this moment in time. Daryl Gurney is currently ninth. So he'd play Dimi van den Berg in round, in round four, and then he had to, if he gets through that, he had to play MVG in the quarterfinals. <laughs> See you later. Yeah, so, yeah, that, that's the ones that we think in the top 16. Uh, we've done Team England. Uh, could Simon Whitlock be in the Premier League only if he wins a TV title no. between now and the end of the year? No. It was very unlucky a couple of years ago, but I don't think he's been enough this year. The year that he lost in the Grand Prix final. He was very, very unlucky to not be in there. Um, but he needs to win a title. Yeah, no, he's no, not no, the no, best no, no, let's, just call it for what, let's just call it for what it is. He's, he's got to go and win the Grand Slam. He's got to go and win the Players' Championship. Or he's got to go and win the... Well, he can't win the Euros. But he's got to go and win the Players' Championship. If he does that, then then he might do. But if not, like, let's just call it for what it is. Put it past him dropping up in the quarterfinals of all them events, by the way. Because that's a very Simon thing to do. But oh, I just don't think just, he's got that, a, that is literally a, what Simon TV winning. That's, that's what Simon Whitlock does. Yeah. Yes. Make a good no, living from that. In... Steve Beaver makes a good living <laughs> from not making quarterfinals. So Simon Whitlock can definitely make a good living yeah. from making quarterfinals. 
And Martin, more excited about the World Cup now. Hendo's there. No Hendo, no pie. Big Hendo weekend. Big Hendo weekend. Can we? We can't call it that anymore. Right, he's still big. He's he's still a very well built gentleman. He just doesn't have twelve chins anymore. Yeah, six and stuff. So right, guys, last last chance to get your questions. Last chance to get your questions in because we waffled on long enough. Again, we just want to thank you all for joining in on this extra bumper show. We knew it was going to be long because there was so much to talk about. It's been absolutely chaotic in the dying world. But of course, we'll be back this weekend with the live blog, keeping you up to date on events on the Euro Tour from Risa. We will have everything covered there. So make sure you're on the website, onlinedarts.com. Of course, our Facebook page, Twitter, Instagram, with everything covered. Our YouTube channel, make sure you go over and subscribe now some good stuff coming your way as well. I just want to take time to thank you all. Just looking at the response in the analytics as I watch it going on. An absolute bumper show tonight. So thank you all, guys. It means that to us. We're doing something right that we knew this would work, but you guys are coming along for the journey, which is great. So, gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us as always. Phil Bars, Jack Gobbygar with Jonathan. We have been the Online Darts Live Lounge. We'll let you know next week's once we know what day the PDT are doing the Euro draw. Because there's no point in us doing a show if we haven't got the draw. So once we know right. what days that is, we'll let you know what day the live land did. But that's us done signing off. Thank you very much. And we'll see you all next week on the live land. <laughs>